You're listening to Screen Podcast. Hi guys, thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Screen Podcast. I'm Ongbiler and I am your host for the podcast. As a reminder, this podcast is a pre-event leading to our main exhibition, Screen, organized by Taylor's University Architecture Graduates of 2020, that will be showcased live on 11th to the 13th of December 2020. So please check out our social media platforms and website linked in the description for more information. Today, we will be discussing about a research titled Perceptions of Physical versus Virtual Design Studio. The link to the article was posted yesterday on our Instagram account, so go check it out. Today, I have a special guest with me, which is Mr. Nicholas. Mr. Nicholas, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, sure. Thanks for having me. Hi, my name is Nicholas and I am a designer. I am also an educator, so currently teaching uh, at Taylor's University. And I am also a co-founder of Winnerdot Malaysia, where we do uh, manual measured drawings. Thank you for being here, Mr. Nicholas. So, Mr. Nicholas, what did you think about the research paper? I definitely think the research paper is relevant to our times because for a very long time, I think architectural education has definitely been at a very stagnant sort of position where it hasn't advanced much. So we are still very much practicing what was done in the past, but nothing too, I would say, tech advanced or even the pedagogy is still very similar. That's what I was trying to say, but we haven't really looked beyond what could an architectural education change in different situations or in the future, perhaps. Right. So in terms of the research paper itself, it mainly focuses on discussing physical design studio as well as virtual design studio. So since we are currently in a pandemic, as well as there are still like some lockdowns going on in certain states and certain places, I have a question for you. So let us imagine if we were in a time perhaps where virtual design studio isn't really available and that times perhaps are maybe less advanced and we don't really have this sort of like digital platforms that we can access to. How do you think architecture schools or students would adapt to this sort of situation? Well, if you're talking about pre-internet, that's slightly difficult to assess just because I think a lot of the, the things that we do rely a lot of internet. But I assume the standard sort of uh, SOPs or keeping social distancing you know, those can probably still be applied. And plus, I think in the past, you know, if the past, I guess, uh, classes were smaller, not as huge as, as what it is, or well, there are certain things that we could adapt to it. But if you're referring to internet is still available, but without sort of all these Zoom platforms or video conferencing uh, not available, I think we can still definitely adapt as human beings. We are very much resilient in adapting to difficult situations. So if the internet kind of still exists, it would probably open up many more doors and opportunities. But of course, you won't have that you know, video conferencing platform, but you will definitely have a more digital platform like emails, or even you can go as far as faxes, or no one uses faxes now. And emails or internet relay chats, like RIC in the past, which is actually what Discord is very similar, you know, in a way with the added functionality of voice. So I think having the internet definitely could make us more adaptable, easier. It just depends on 
which kind of platform, how do you want to move around that platform? But if you're talking about without the internet, I think it would be more challenging, of course, if we were to be all locked down. So communication is an issue that would be difficult to assess. But I believe people would probably still be out socializing, but probably keeping that social distancing and the pandemic was were to happen in a less sort of advanced technology era. Yeah, uh, I do agree with what you said. I feel like as humans, we are quite adaptable to different situations. For example, like the pandemic actually itself is a quite unprecedented sort of situation, but I feel like everyone managed to work around it quite well. And I think what you mentioned that perhaps there is still an availability of the internet, but without the video conferencing, there could also be perhaps the usage of SOPs to encourage face-to-face tutorials. It sort of like leads towards this aspect within the research paper, which sort of mentions on blended design studio, which means there is a certain aspect of using the internet, perhaps to like do research as well as face-to-face tutorials. So it's sort of like a blended environment, which we might be touching on it a bit later. But speaking of the research paper itself, there is quite an amount of elements, for example, the culture, community, spaces, technology and such. So, and it focuses more on the students' perceptions as well as some from the tutors. So we are wondering as an educator, out of all the listed elements of the learning outcome, Well, I think for me personally, they are all pretty much equal. Probably what affected, if I were to say what affected me the most is perhaps this thing on community and even culture, because I myself am not an extrovert. I consider myself an introvert, but of course being introvert doesn't mean you're not sociable. Uh, So the social aspect do affect a lot of us, but we, I think as introverts, we probably can adapt to the situation better, perhaps because it allows us more free time to ourselves, allowing us to have the opportunity to self-reflect more rather than uh, being, let's say, an extroverted person where they need that constant energy from society or the community and friends to be able to progress or whatever they're doing. So that aspect might be a bit more challenging for others, but We are also looking at our well-being and awareness of our mental health. I think this is a very important issue, especially during this time period, which leads us to, you know, spaces that we're in, you know, like how conducive uh, spaces are and how well can we adapt to these spaces where we are constantly being, let's say, stuck at home, you know, like perhaps people haven't realized that, you know, there is an important issue and value towards a well-designed home. So maybe that might change in the future where, you know, our spaces, domestic spaces, that where we live, anyone when we work could perhaps be looked upon and, you know, better design, better function, you know, that allow us to be more well-aware and more conducive to our learning. And even as an educator, teaching in an environment still needs to be conducive where we are not constantly being interrupted by other activities. So I'm sure a lot of those who has family, you have kids running around or other partners running around because we are at home, you know, you don't have a dedicated space to teach. You don't have a dedicated space to allow you to be in a private session. So those are probably more challenging to others. But I empathize with students who has to go through this because 
not everyone has a conducive space to learn. And most of them, because of that, they might not have the motivation or even the disciplines to be able to work in that space, especially when you're an architecture student. You guys know that you have all these drawings that you need to do or models that you need to make. But if you don't have the environment, that's going to be very challenging, right? Yeah, uh, I actually agree with you on the part where you said that perhaps culture and community is something that we missed out due to this pandemic. Because as a student, I feel like there needs to be a balance between like interacting with peers because peer learning, I feel that it's quite important when it comes to like studio learning as well as being an architecture student because peer learning actually sort of motivates us to sort of like share ideas as well as bounce off each other's comments to help us improve our design. And how are you guys doing that during this period? Are you organizing a video conference among yourself? How are you dealing with this sort of interaction? It's sort of like a situation where we try to sort of like have like some informal just Zoom meetings, maybe just like call each other to like update about other stuff that's perhaps not necessarily related to studio. And we also do like have meetings where we, because there are still like certain group assignments for some subjects such as like building technology. Uh, So we do have, conversations which are related to both the assignment as well as more towards like just catching up on each other. But I do feel that perhaps it's a bit harder when compared to meeting face-to-face because when you're face-to-face, you will find more things to say while when you're alone at home, you think that, okay, maybe this certain time I wanted to talk to my friend, but perhaps my friend, like what you said, if they're at home, they have like other people to attend to, perhaps their parents might need their help or they need to look after some other things. Then you might think that, Perhaps I am disturbing my friends. So it sort of like reduces this sort of communication. But in the same time, I feel like it's not to say that the connection is completely surreal. It's just not the same as having a face-to-face with your friends and peers. Yeah. Right. And you need to make a lot more effort, right? Yeah. You feel like, you know, you you got to think like what you say just now, oh, when are they free? But then again, it's very interesting the way that you mentioned that because in the past when we had no internet or when we were using internet to communicate, we were communicating through phone. And when you call, you know, someone, they will probably be at home (laughs) or they might not be at home. So it's a chance that you got to just take. But because everything now, so if you're calling, you know, like, you're calling, let's say, the mobile phone, not necessarily the computer. So you probably expect someone or your friend to be on the other side, readily to accept your call. Right? It was very interesting, you know. So it's always this this period of of instant gratification. Like we need that immediate connection. That you know, when I call you or when we do connect with you guys or whoever, you expect an answer immediately. So I think it's also something that we might need to be a bit more aware of to know that sometimes this instant gratification might not be yeah. such a good idea. So in the research paper itself, they actually mentioned suggesting everyone to utilize Blended Design Studio, which incorporates both physical and virtual design studio for an optimum studio experience. So Mr. Nicholas, what do you think of this proposal? Do you think it will work? I think it will work because other schools, as far as I know, one school have tried doing this. But the thing is, uh, an architecture school who is not currently doing blended learning or creating this system needs to rethink before they decide on pushing for blended learning environment. I think this whole system needs an overhaul 
in a way that it needs to be redesigned to fit a blended learning system. I think what we are currently doing is really sort of a bandit solution where, you know, all right, pandemic is here, you know, we push everything online, but we're still operating in a very sort of traditional pedagogy or traditional sort of method in terms of learning. So the, the whole structure of the curriculum is still the same, but we're just changing certain things to online and certain things to, you know, offline or whatever. But for a blended learning sort of environment that is workable, it needs a complete system overhaul where a dedicated time or, or period for physical meeting needs to be clearly stated when and where, you know, how often, or and if it's an online sort of learning environment, how do you create online material? You know, so that whole structure needs to be really looked at before we can truly call it a blended sort of learning environment or system. Yeah. Perhaps the situation now would open different education institutes towards this sort of like overhaul as well as a newer approach of like blended learning. And I think it's something that we can look forward to. Definitely, because I think, as I said earlier from the beginning, you know, this architecture education has been really stuck in for a very long time. And, you know, right now, who knows what's going to happen in five years, right? Uh, it, situation might be very different, but is the practice going to be the same? Because I see the practices still being practiced very similarly. Like I know a lot of, even in the architecture department, where when let's say work from home was mentioned that, you know, from the government, like everyone needs to work from home. But in the architectural practice, a lot of them are still not practicing this because perhaps, uh, maybe it's not just architecture, maybe we apply to other industry or maybe this Asian mentality that, you know, when, when we say work from home, they are afraid, employers are afraid that, you know, people are not truly working from home, but they're just like, you know, at home or maybe they're out shopping. But regardless, I'm sort of referring to, you know, it's like there is actually opportunity for architectural practice to truly work remotely, but this infrastructure needs to be set up to allow for employees to work from home and it can be done, actually. I mean, I have done remote work before with a family in the United States without even having going to the site. So there are things that I've learned and actually, you know, it can actually work and it allows me the flexibility because I was traveling in Europe, for example, I was doing the work remotely for a certain company in the U.S. So that allows, you know, greater flexibility and I, I can actually set up the time and space and a lot of people, you know, also have, let's say, if the pandemic is not here, because we're in a creative field, I don't necessarily see the reason why we have to be stuck in an office from, let's say, a nine to five or nine to six. Because when you're designing, let's say, you need that creative flow or input. And if your office isn't a well sort of design environment, where, where would this kind of creative energy be? So I would seek location of the office to be inspired. And when you're outside, perhaps you're working more efficiently, you know, who's to say you're not going to be efficient because yet that environment is nicer, it's better, it's more relaxing. I can churn out more work than I could in an office where I'm stuck in the fluorescent lighting. You know, so those kind of things actually need to be looked at 
I think. And people need to see that there is a value when you have a good conducive space or design space that you know allows for these more efficient work ethics to progress. Actually, I think everything will work out fine as long as there is like a sort of balance, perhaps. Like if you say that, for example, it's okay to work remotely, perhaps like it's not necessary for everyone to perhaps just stay at an office. I think it's actually quite interesting if, for example, if my future work space might involve like perhaps yes, we might work at an formal space for like this week, but there's also some occasional like different trips towards like some other place. I think that would be quite interesting. So I think that as long as there is balance between like what you said just now, there is this sort of mentality that perhaps some employers think that if you're at home, you're not doing the most work that you're doing. I feel like there should be a balance between like this sort of like your own discipline when it comes to working, as well as uh, your own time when it comes to relaxation. So as long as there is this sort of like balance being achieved, which also can be tied to the sort of like design studio where we have. Physical design studio as well as virtual design studio. As long as there is the balance being achieved in a blended design studio, I feel like everything would turn out in the best way it could possibly achieve. Yeah. Right, and I, I think in that balance, you need to have trust as well. I think trust mm. between the two parties, whether it's educator and student, employer and employee, you need to have that trust between the two. You know, in order for this to work, and trust needs to be earned. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to our field, I feel like it's mostly team-oriented work. There is perhaps some solo parts that are involved, but when it comes to like team-oriented work, I feel like, like what you said, trust is quite important in order to ensure everything proceeds well. Yeah. So I think we are coming to an end of our podcast. That was an interesting conversation. Thank you so much, Mr. Nicholas, for coming to today's episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you again for your fascinating input on this week's topic, and thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember to stay tuned for next week's episode on the nineteenth, and don't forget to follow us at our Instagram at underscore s c r e e n dot twenty twenty, which is at underscore screen twenty twenty. Next week's topic will be released on our Instagram a day before the episode, so don't forget to check that out. Stay safe and see y'all soon.